Hey, everybody. Welcome to More Than Meets These Guys, the podcast, which is a journey from Transforms from the beginning of the animated series. But this week, we're going back to the UK comic. This is going to be issue number eight of the uh, the original miniseries that started it all, which is the second part of issue number four in the Americas. So um, we have we have um, this great comic, plus we have the amazing Machine Man comic, which I know you love, Boo. And, oh, yeah. Uh, so I am enjoying here, this, yeah, enjoying here this week with Boo of the IceLandUnderground.com. And uh, so we're going to get right into it, man. Um, finish this miniseries up. How you doing, man? Oh, doing well, doing well. Looking great. forward to getting out of the miniseries, getting yeah, into though. some new territory. <laughs> yeah then again i, I saw a little, the little preview which is going to come up to the uh end of this issue to ne- the next issue and oh, yeah. it i don't know if we're taking a, a step forward or backwards i don't know yet we'll see <laughs> but uh so this is the autobots last stand part two yes and uh there's um actually the editor's note goes into like talking about being at like a new year the next issues and the new story and the there's a ravaged fact file there. Uh, they actually said the, his, his desk has become like this thing where he has um, a transformers calendar up on it. So you can like map everything out, which they have a little shot of at the end of the uh, issue. Yeah. Kind of, there's this bizarre letter from captain Doodlebug. Oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. know who this person is, but um, anyway, he loves him some machine man. Yeah, dude, he loves Machine Man. I, like, I, I came here to talk about how great Machine Man is. Well, he's Captain Doodlebug, so I don't know how much I can give that. But I uh, he also he's referring some... to one of the other, like an earlier letter from another fan, and he's like put, giving some pushback on, like, "Hey, don't get rid of Machine Man." <laughs> yeah, I know. And then uh, he's like, "Well, you know, you'd also bring in another property, like you know, Micronauts or something." Yeah, it's pretty adjacent. So yeah. Oh yeah, I mean that was Microman originally. So yeah, exactly. So which you know, Micronauts was a Marvel um, you know property, so I could have easily done it. Oh yeah, but uh, which Migo grabbed it. Oh, is that <laughs> who did it? Yeah, Migo grabbed it before Hasbro got a chance to, but they didn't get the robots. They just got the original uh, Microman figures. Yeah, which is kind of disappointing. But that's okay. Um, yeah. we have some uh, pretty decent line art uh, submitted by fans. Um, you know, I'll just probably one of the seekers, I think maybe the Starscream, and um, I can't remember who else was in that picture, but uh, but uh, yeah, just kind of cool art. It's, it's nice seeing that that building of the uh, the fandom and yeah, you know, people's art projects, you know, trying to get ready for uh, for the uh, for the book. Oh, yeah. Oh, and speaking of which, you know, the, the cover has Megatron holding Optimus Prime over his head triumphantly. Oh, yes. Okay, uh, that artwork was done by Barry Kitson. Who's Barry Kitson? Well, he worked uh, on UK Spider-Man comics as well okay. as 2000 AD, and he received accolades for his work on Judge Anderson with Alan Grant. Huh. Yeah. Nice. And then he did covers for five UK comics for the Transformers mm-hmm. and the 1985 annual, which I'm sure you have that. Like, everybody has that 1985 yeah. annual. Yeah. Very cool. And they did. he did the interior art for uh, nine uh, UK Transformers comics. And actually helped plot two of the scripts, uh, issues 59 and 60. Of the UK book? Of the UK Transformers comics. And Simon Furman stated that Kitson didn't care for drawing robots, so he tried to get Kitson involved with plotting uh-huh. to unsuccessfully keep him interested in the comic. <laughs> and then let's see, what else did he do? Oh, After this, he developed uh, the 1995 Azrael comic with Denny O'Neill. 
Nice. Okay. I yeah, know it as real, but I know of it. So yeah, and Denny O'Neill was the man credited with naming Optimus Prime. And yeah. Kitson worked on Batgirl, Legion, JLA, Year One, Secret Invasion, Wow, uh, the Fantastic Four section, uh, Incredible Hulk, and Iron Man. Wow. So yeah, guy had quite a career. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> he just didn't like drawing robots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite a career in like some of the more important um, you know arcs in a lot of these comics too, which is really cool. I mean, the Secret Invasion and Fantastic Four part of that was pretty uh, pretty significant. Oh yeah. But, yeah, so um, man, let's get back into this. Uh, so the Autobots are all standing in tubes with wires going in them. And look, they look like they're in like um, I'm trying to think of like the the jars that have like little arcing um electricity in them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the tubes of transference. Yeah, yeah, it looks like they're all sitting in those things, or they or they, or they look like they're sitting on a really bad set of like the um, uh, this island Earth or something like that. Would be. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say it's like the old <laughs> sci-fi. I'm- you're caught in a tube and we're going to drain yeah. your brain out of you or something. Except they are getting shot full of energy. Uh, so spark plug, um, I guess came through. Uh, no, no, it was not a spark plug. What no, you... they're just using whatever the others had left. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's why five of them came out. Okay. Yeah. They are, <laughs> just... uh, they're okay, in they're dire just... straits. So they're getting yeah. blood transfusions basically. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So five of them come out It's and it's, why you would put? Well, I guess Mirage is really handy. I, I'll get give him that. Yeah, man, the guy who keeps wanting to bug out with Ravage, which comes up again, obviously. Uh, Optimus yeah. Prime, obviously, Ironhide is a good choice. Blue Streak, who's a gunner, so that's a great choice too. And Huffer, with the two of encourage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then Huffer. Yeah, but they took energy from like Sunstreaker and Sideswipe and Brawn. What? Why <laughs> Huffer? I mean, yeah, I'd some roads, dude. I, I'd drain Huffer and Blue Streak in a heartbeat for two any two of those. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I mean Braun's gonna beat the heck out of you. And what about yeah. Prowler Jazz? They Dude, didn't even did. mention them. Like yeah. they're not hurt. They're just doing stuff, right? Well, as we find out, Jazz is off doing something else in the next issue. But right, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that's where they all went. So yeah, yeah. He, um, they they're all like they're all they're jacked up. They're getting ready to fight. Like yeah, we can do this. They're all it's a little note saying that like they're they all kind of wonder if this is gonna be enough. Yeah, Which, come to find out, as Megatron blows a hole in the side of the mountain and gives him a chance to surrender, he's like, oh yeah, yeah. and he's got pretty much the the full complement. That's Megatron, Starscream, Buzzsaw, Laserbeak, Frenzy, Rumble, Thundercracker, and Skywarper yeah. all there. It's <laughs> like. It's pretty much what everyone but Soundwave. I think so. Yeah, I think Soundwave is pretty messed up from the last issue, if I remember right. Yeah. Is it, wait, Rumble's there because Rumble's pretty messed up, also. Yeah, he okay. shows up. Yeah, it's so, I'm, uh, I'm not through and listed like the ones that showed up during the fight. But did Frenzy show up? Uh yes. Okay, I guess he wasn't as hurt as like Soundwave was. Soundwave yeah. was. But. uh so yeah, they um he's given a chance to surrender, and Optimus Prime is like, you know, Iron Hand goes, "Oh man, come on, let's. What are we doing? We're doing hangout here. Let's go after him." And uh, Optimus Prime's like, "No, no, that's what they want." <laughs> so yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. Anyways, Laser Beacon Buzzsaw, you know, shoot in the uh, the hole in the side of the mountain, which apparently the arc is always embedded in a hollow mountain. Yeah, go yeah. Figure. Um, so he comes in there, uh, laser beacon bus hall come in and Mirage projects a, a Mirage. 
you know, we always, well, we read some Raj in the TV show, you know, going to visible like a ninja. Yeah. But originally like, just like the uh, rise of the beast movie, he was supposed to be able to um, project mirages. Yeah. He gave holograms and he was like a, he displaced himself. Yeah. So you'd think he was to the left, but he's really to the right. So Laserbeak, you know, goes and attacks the uh, displaced image and he, he realizes he's trick Mirage doesn't want to be there. And like, basically he's like, you know what? I'm good. I, mean, I don't even want to be here. And he leaves to go inside the arc, but he's confronted by uh, Ravage. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, once again, he's like, hey, brother, we're both from Cybertron. Why are we fighting? <laughs> and once again, Mirage, can't, can't we all get along? <laughs> yeah. No, Mirage is like, I don't want to be here, man. Can we just go? Seriously. And uh, you know, Ravage just starts you know tearing into him, you know, bites his arm and stuff. And oh um, yeah, yeah. And Mirage has dropped his his rifle at this point, also when he got surprised by Ravage. So he's trying to like talk his way out of it. But um, in in the day, it doesn't really matter. And uh, well, he, he shoots Ravage in the face. <laughs> yeah, he he basically says like, well, okay, this is the only way I'm actually gonna be able to get Cybertron because these guys don't want to help me. So he's like, I gotta, I've got to deal with the Autobots, I guess. It took Ravage biting his arm off for him to realize, like, uh, maybe these guys don't like me. He's like, man, these guys are crazy. Well, yeah, they hate you, man. They're attacking you. They're not yeah. there like, hey, you want to be friends? Uh. <laughs> but uh, He should have snuck out when Megatron was asking for him to surrender. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that seriously. Was his chance. Hey, hey, man, I'm cool. I'll, I'll hang. <laughs> But uh, the whole time this is happening, um, the Autobots don't realize that the uh, probe has picked up a signal around this, um, like a like a lava bed with underneath all this uh, was, was once you know molten um, iron. Yeah, it's all hardened, and uh, he's like getting a signal, and you know suddenly you see a purple arm go up and grab and crush the uh, probe. But yeah. since all stuff's going on, they don't realize what's going on there. Yeah, they're, they're busy. Yeah, they're fighting. Yeah. But um, Megatron shows up to face Optimus, but Blue Street comes out and fires all his rockets at Megatron. Megatron is like, yeah, is that it, real little guy? That's all you got? Oh, like, yeah, and Buzzsaw talks smack to Optimus, called him old and slow. Because he couldn't shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> They're feeling themselves right now. So, yeah, the, Ratchet is wondering where Sparkplug is. Back at the hospital. Yeah. Ratchet's just hanging out in the parking lot and it's like, all right, I wonder how he's doing. I hope he's okay. And these two EMTs are like, yeah, it's the last ambulance. We better take this one. He's like, he, he's a little squeak. And like, did you hear that? No, I don't know. And uh, he, 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 they basically steal Ratchet and drive off. And he's like, well, they mean well, so I'll go ahead and let them use me. Right. Wow. Yeah, he just rides off and, oh, I guess we got to do something. So. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, when Blue Streak hits Megatron, doesn't really do anything. Like right after that, you see Blue Streak's silhouette behind Optimus, like <laughs> or in the panel before that. So it's like he just magically appears next to you know Megatron, and then Optimus just snatches Starscream out of the air. Oh, that was great! Yeah, that's <laughs> actually a really well well drawn panel where you see Starscream like half transformed, and Optimus just has him by the foot. Yeah. He's uh he's like nope you know and, and yeah it's great because the nose kind of everything's kind of bent over yeah, yeah it was really cool little set there and I think they're trying to get into the the fact that it's like chaos in there all this stuff's happening like all at once yeah and but, yeah. I mean every time I, I pull out my seekers out of like the box there and you know they're kind of shaped like that <laughs> the nose cone hanging down and the wings folded back and 
Yeah, let me see. Um, let's see if he's going to do it right now. Because, uh, yeah, there he goes. My Ramjet. I'm gonna oh, yeah. See, that's just their natural this. form. Yep, yep. That's just uh, <laughs> they're, pull, they're pulling the shrimp. They, they curl around. Uh, <laughs> but back at the hospital, spark plug is in post-op and he's still dreaming. But this time of how he sabotaged the fuel and brake lines of the Korean captors until he was saved by the American troops. I mean, if, if this isn't foreshadowing, I don't know what else is. Oh, yeah. He imagines that they drove off a cliff because he never saw what happened to him. But he imagined like, oh, yeah, those dudes are screwed. <laughs> <laughs> the, way the, the way the trucks drove off the cliff, it looked like something out of the Beetle Bailey cart, you know, comic strip. It was just silly almost. But, yeah, he um, he's just like, oh, I'm dreaming. and like, you know, glad to see you guys finally made it here with the, whoever, you know, saved him or rescued him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he's uh, he's recovering. And, man. There's this whole, uh, this whole, this this all happens there, and it goes right back to the um, the, the Decepticons launching an all-out attack on, on the Autobots. Basically, mm-hmm. it's telling you like he, you know, he sabotaged the uh, Korean, you know, trucks, but mm-hmm. they were going back into the uh, Decepticons launching the all-out attack. So it kind of gives you a clue what's coming. Yeah, <clears throat> not, not heavy-handed at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Decepticons <laughs> launched an all-out attack in the, in the on the Autobots, and they're pretty vicious, man. Um. Optimus Prime gets his right arm melted by Megatron. Oh, yeah. Melt. And then uh, some more Autobots show up. Cliffjumper and Sunstreaker just appear with the group. I thought Sunstreaker was dreams or something. Yeah, I guess he he just wasn't going to sit back and, you know, watch TV or anything. He could have been watching not. that probe, you know, but <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, something real bad has happened. I'm going to go in here and help. Oh, yeah. And this is when Skywarp and Rumble show up also. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, man, Buzzsaw slices in the Mirage with his beak. He just <laughs> Mirage is getting cut to ribbons. He is. He's issue. like on his knees, like trying to hold up. You see, uh, Buzzsaw's just go right through his head. Oh yeah, he's messing him up. He ain't gonna be yeah. pretty no more. <laughs> <laughs> and Ironhide is pinned down. They're like, oh, is that, I think the Skywarp is. Let's see how how much uh, this your name Ironhide is true or something like that. Yeah, Hide's really iron. Um. So yeah, yeah and Ravage is helping him. So Ravage got over being shot in the face. Apparently so. Yeah. Like what was it? Um, what was it? Metal something darts. What was a Mirage's weapon? Yeah. I don't know. It's like yeah. metal shredding darts or metal melting darts on it. Um. So yeah, Megatron goes after Optimus and overshoots. He like flips over <laughs> him. He does a Popeye like the wind up and swing oh, and just go flying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he flies over his head, but uh, yeah. So Optimus, Optimus is like, well, again, Megatron's gone. Uh, hey, Ironhide, I got Ravage for you. But Megatron recovers, turns around, and like Ironhide, Ironhide's like, uh, no, is it? Yeah, it is Ironhide. He goes, Optimus, look out behind you. Optimus turns around to get shot right in the chest by uh, Megatron, right. just squarely in the chest. Um, and um. He you know, proclaims like you know, it's over at last, and he picks him up and hefts him over his head, and um, that's when Sparkplug's f- plan finally hatches. And yeah, he was giving his victory speech, and then uh, he needed Pepto Bismol. He was about to monologue, is what he's about to do. Oh yeah, he he, well, he wasn't just going to finish Prime; he was going to talk to him while he had him there. <laughs> yeah, he will fall over in pain, like oh, it hurts. Oh no. But man, we go back to the hospital and like Buster's so happy to see Jesse and O there. And uh he's like, Hey, you know that uh that plan my dad had for the corrosive fuel spark, you know, that he made for uh the Septicons. And like O was like, I don't know what you're talking about. 
was it was he just trying like trying to like reminisce about this this plan that his dad had and he's he thought maybe O knew about or was that like he was referring to something else? Yeah, um, I, I thought maybe he was just explaining it to him. I don't know. It was like, uh, I, uh, dude, okay, whatever, man. <laughs> so that's all happening. So we're back to the arc, and all of a sudden, all the Decepticons are on the floor. Like, there's like Mirage and Optimus Prime are standing there. Oh yeah, and, and Reflector and Soundwave are on the ground with them at this point. Yeah, where do they come from? Yeah. I, maybe it's like fog of war kind of thing. They, they were, they yeah, do anything. They walked. <laughs> <laughs> they just got there and fell over. Starscream freak out, let him out of the uh, the cockpit. All right. Yeah. So yeah, Mirage is like, "What happened?" Optimus says, "Well, we won." And uh, then they realize, well, obviously, the human spark plug sabotages our fuel, and he he was really resilient. He really resourceful. I really appreciate that. They were all ready to like to, to burn him and kill him. Oh yeah, they were going to string him up, and now they realize, oh. He won the fight for us. Yeah. If it wasn't <laughs> for him, we'd be yelling dead right now. So, yeah. Good job. Hopper wanted to step on him. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, Jazz uses Wall of Fire to burn him. You know. Right. Dude but, was the MVP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he sits in the hospital bed after having a heart attack from all the, uh, being, like, eviscerated by all the Autobots. You know, the good guys. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, uh, suddenly the ceiling explodes. And Shockwave shows up. Mm-hmm. And that's you know pretty much where our cliffhanger ends. Like Shockwave is there, and it's like for four million years, I'm I finally came, made it back, and here I am, and you know, everyone's pretty much gone. Oh like, yeah, and the bottom says not the end. Yeah, not the end. But you were actually telling me uh, you showed me some uh, pictures of um the the false ending, like the um the well, original, the original ending, yeah. yeah. When they were, because they originally planned it just to be a four issue limited series, and when it really took off, they realized, hey, we need to keep this going. So they changed the page so that you know it wouldn't be the ending. Yeah, essentially, Shockwave never shows up, and they all like, hey, we won. This is great. We can all go back home. Everything's fine now. Yeah, Optimus gives his big speech. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's uh, Zonobots and humans together. We did this, we triumphed, and the Decepticons are no more. Yeah, pretty much. And then, you know, that was it. That was going to be the end of the series. Yeah. <laughs> but thankfully, it did really well. So they carried it on further. Yeah. And uh, one of the best, I would say, one of the best uh, Decepticon leaders out of the uh, comic shows up. Oh, yeah. I think he actually led longer than anybody else. Come on, even longer than Ratbat? <laughs> his car wash of doom oh yeah that is one of the worst stories there were some bad stories in the i American. can't wait till we get to that one is it actually in the british one yes oh my god because this buster in there okay yeah so pretty much uh all the u.s comics show up and then uh yeah there's these filler stories in between now the the next story we have coming up is not uh by Simon Furman. He hadn't joined yet. Okay. So there's we'll go into that on the next issue though. There's a single shot of like jazz coming out of the out of the out of the trees and this kid's going, no, not that, or whatever. And jazz looks so much like his toy that he looks like he's like he's immobile. Oh yeah. And there's reasons for that too, which I'll I'm saving that for the next oh yeah, please podcast on that because we got yeah, there's a lot of 
details. <laughs> I actually have not that. read it yet, so I'm really excited. Like I was, I've told you, like I read a lot of the UK, the early UK issues because I, I, I got into um a lot of the later ones, like two thousand six, um, mm-hmm. and so on, where like a lot of the um the season three uh, Transformers really came into it, and it like loops back with the original ones. It, you know, big Time Wars stuff, all, all that stuff. I was I was really you know into that. I found my old issues of it actually, my trades. But I don't know these early issues, so I'm kind of interested to see what these are like. Especially... Well, you may have read the the next one because it was actually reprinted in the U.S. as the fifth comic. Oh no, no. as issues I want to say thirty three and thirty four. Okay. Um. Yeah, it was the Man of Iron. I have to look. I've been a while since I've read that. I I like you read them all a long time ago. Yeah. At this point, though, a lot of times I go back and read the like the hot. The hot notes like the uh, I'll read the my favorite issues or series mm-hmm. like you know the um the Matrix Quest stuff or I'll read uh a lot of the later you know later you know UK stuff or I'll read some of the um some of the wackier st- stupider comics yeah you know like saving um Optimus Prime on a floppy disk oh yeah uh, things like that so yeah I don't, I don't know if I've read that one for a long long time so it'll be interesting interesting to check that out. Uh, actually, yeah, it, it was definitely out of continuity. Yeah, but like I said, when we cover that one, there it actually does fit with the continuity. It just didn't. It was out of time, like yeah, out of I order. Guess. And I was so. Hmm. We've got your favorite comic coming up, though. Yeah, the man yeah. who could walk through walls. <laughs> machine man, that's a machine man. <laughs> I gotta oh. say though, um, this is. This machine man feels very much like um I don't know like those 60s black and white um I don't know ex- exploitative um sci-fi movies. Yeah. This guy and um he looks like he's wearing a the a bathe the suit for the uh, the 60s or right? dude's bathe the suit you know, like the the long short things or like yeah. a wrestler or like I don't know a, a juggler or something at a at a circus. This is definitely like a it would have been a Roger Corman movie. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And you know, this may even be a like a trauma film if it (laughs) popped up in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, this could have been a Toxic Avenger movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, they 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 bring him in and he's like, hey, you know, he's going in for this experiment. He's gonna, you know, he's volunteered himself to you know do this experiment. And it starts out with politics, though. Senator Brickman, yeah, he's mad that a busload of kids didn't die. I don't. I miss the context for that. Yeah, what, he was just uh, Machine Man's making him look bad. Yeah, and save the kids. Yeah, and then you know he he's pulling it. You know, kind of a, a real world factor creeping in that you know, oh AI is going to take away our jobs. So he he's mad about it. Back in the eighties, he was mad about it. So his uh, goon Fred suggests linking Machine Man to unemployment. And Brickman shoots the down idea down and then steals it. Like, oh yeah, you know, he talks himself into using the idea, but it's his idea now, not Fred's. Yeah. And so he's going to use Machine Man to scare people about automation and how robots are going to steal everybody's jobs and make people starve. Well, at the time, the world world factors. At the time, we were there's a well, not we, as in like myself. A lot of people were scared that automation on like assembly lines is going to replace everyone working. Right, because that was a big thing in Detroit. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. When they're 
Yeah, the automakers were being replaced by robots. So definitely real world factors creeping into the comic. Oh, yeah. And so he kicks Fred and Archie, his goons, out for not being helpful. And they think he's crazy. And they decide to to swing by Archie's brother's lab, who is Dr. Hiram Goldsmith, a.k.a. Ham. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) yeah, before they go to dinner, uh, yeah, they're just going to swing by there. And then they make fun of uh, Brickman's machine man ploy. And yeah, at the lab, that's where you meet Barry Witherspoon. Yeah. God. Who's the guy that's getting his density changed? Yeah, Barry Witherspoon looks like um um I would say Ricky Schroeder if Ricky Schroeder was like big and beefy. Yeah. Like, he, I mean, look, he looks as Aryan as you can look. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He, he's like grown up Michael Anthony Hall. He does. Yeah. Except uh if Michael Anthony Hall took better care of himself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he did build up his density. So yes, yes he did. <laughs> so so he's in this machine and he's there with his, with his kid and his wife and stuff. They're like, "I oh, don't worry, it'll be fine. Everything will be fine." Oh yeah, they're begging him not to do it, and he's like, "Well, I haven't worked in a year, so I'm going to let this guy experiment on me." Well, if you if you wouldn't keep hiring machine man to put all the heroes out of work and uh, put them on the in the, in the bread lines and automation and blah blah blah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. And so Dr. Ham is pulling mass from another dimension and saturating Barry with it. And I mean, this is basically what we describe in Transformers now as like the mass shifting. shifting, Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so I guess it kind of started in Transformers, but not really. I mean, the explanation for it. Yeah. The, um, they, it was real, real, it was that, um, that, that very, very heavy, um, fictional sci-fi wibbly wobbly explanation stuff oh yeah i mean wasn't but, there there's was a guy in like the uh hellfire club that did that was it leland was that his name i don't remember enough about them because right he did it to uh wolverine and wolverine just like went through the floor and that's when you know they had the big Dark yeah that's Phoenix. right no that's why i guess yeah. i remember about him i don't remember just about him yeah, because then he fought his way up through the basement and chopped up all their guards who later became the Reavers. Yeah. Fun times. <laughs> yeah. Good. Better comics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by far. That's that's a low bar to be better than this. Oh yeah. But uh suddenly um Barry has no thoughts of his own anymore. He, like he he's a blank slate almost. And he just walks through a wall like his paper. Yeah. Because you yeah, know, he's, he's lost kids. like his will. Like he'll do whatever you tell him. Yeah, yeah. He so because he's so dense now, walls don't stop him anymore. <laughs> that that's some uh, hard science there. You know, uh, he, I, he he's so dense though he'll do anything you tell him to do. Which you yeah. know that's kind of the opposite of dense. So <laughs> yeah, he, he's the density of a of a dying star, but he'll do everything you say. Like, dude, that sounds dangerous. Right. Um, so yeah, they they this the, the plan starts to come together. Yeah, they're gonna try to help the senator discredit X fifty one with super dense guy. <laughs> Did they ever give him a real name? Oh, uh, density man or something? I don't know. Yeah, it, it, they just said the man who could walk through walls is the only that's title to this. Yeah, so that's a Which, really long name. So yeah, that sounds that that is like the uh, the brain that wouldn't die. That's like old. Yeah, sixties, fifties, sixties, like like 
science horror kind of uh, titles anyways. I think anything they named him would sound like that. Like they call him like Neutron Man or Density Man. You know, <laughs> it, it's going to sound like a Mystery Science Theater episode. Yeah. The man who could walk through walls. Yeah. <laughs> Scream in terror. Oh, so yeah, they have to use that special amplifier to get the commands to him. Because I guess he's so dense he can't hear normal speech. His, ear, his earwax is denser now, so he can't hear. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they needed Q-tips. Here's in his ear denser now. Yeah, you try a Q-tip, it just breaks in it suddenly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, Peter Spaulding has Machine Man put on display of his strength to try to show everyone that he's no threat to people, which, you know, that's going to have the opposite effect. Hey, look how strong I am, you know. <laughs> I can yeah. really wreck stuff. Yeah. In fact, the reporters turn on him and start writing articles. They actually say they're going to write articles that he's a threat to human employment. And one even states he's afraid of losing his job to some robot who can snap a photograph. Which... And... Dude, he goes full on Inspector Gadget or like Dynamite here. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. The, the extending legs and all, all that stuff. It looks so bad. It's really hard to take him seriously. With it is. This stuff. Maybe if we'd never seen Dynamite, it would seem yeah. cool. But I really think Dino Mutt ruined Machine Man for a, an entire generation. I mean, dude, honestly, Inspector Gadget did it better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Can Machine Man pull roller skates out of his shoes? No. I haven't seen it. He yet. doesn't have a helicopter in his hat. Oh, he kind of, well, he he does have like those little gadgets that do pop out. Yeah, I guess. So, yeah. Can he use, can he use his hand as a phone? Uh, so. It's probably just built into his head. That's true. But yeah, there's uh, one of the earlier issues that I have, you know, when I found that collection is he has, he looks like his legs have turned into a Segway. So, yeah, he's done. I would say that was like issue two of Machine Man. <laughs> he, he seems like he's like if a uh, plastic man and Dynamite had a baby. Yeah, I could definitely yeah. see that. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to see it. But you can't unsee oh, it now. You're going to see it now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's in your head now. You're going to oh, man. you're going to wake up at three a.m. going, oh, oh. So yeah, in his disguise as Aaron Stack, Machine Man tries to go back to his insurance company job, where Maggie Jones tries to vamp him, <laughs> and he turns her down and plays her on a bookcase and tells her to kiss their coworker Eddie instead. <laughs> and Eddie makes fun of her, so she gets so mad that. She just declares that he's doomed. That was so melodramatic. Oh, yeah. And just out of nowhere. I mean, like now she'd have a meeting with HR. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> oh. Come, come, come down to HR. We need to have a talk with you. Like, well, I didn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, seriously, that that's it was so weirdly melodramatic, though. I made no sense to me, but I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what is there to like about this guy? I don't even. It, maybe it's his cool shades. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> That's all I can figure. Because, I mean, he, he doesn't have the personality for it. He's got those Plastic Man shades. <laughs> he kind of does, actually. Plastic Man had better shades, man. He had a better personality, better sense of humor. Well, Oh, yeah. There, there's some, humor. You know, like I said, that, that newer Machine Man, the imposter, mm-hmm. he, he has a lot of Plastic Man vibes to him. He does. That's, I think that's why I liked him more. Yeah. Classic name, if you're really, you know, I'm sure you read some of the comics. He was a jerk. 
Oh, yeah. He was a massive jerk. I, I saw one not too long ago in an out-of-text comic panel on Facebook. And, yeah, he basically turned himself into a like a dress for one of the, the female superheroes. Nice. <laughs> and when they realized like the, the colors on it, she like reached around and started just choking him. His head popped out. <laughs> <laughs> she just starts beating Perfect. the crap out of him. Perfect. No notes. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> so yeah. Archie and Fred dress Barry, the man who can walk through walls up as machine man and use him to rob a bank framing X 51. You know, he, he's the man who walked through walls. So of course he walks through the wall of the bank. Right. Has anyone ever seen Machine Man just do that? Just walk through a wall? Well, and how's that got to like hurt their mileage hauling him around if he's so dense? It's like you put him in the back of the van. It, it should be like bottoming out, right? If he's that dense. Oh, um, got some really good suspension on it. Yeah, I guess so. Honestly, though. Um, it's got better know. suspension than my suspension of disbelief with this comic. <laughs> <laughs> much, much, much more solid. Yeah, so <laughs> they uh, the cops go to you know X fifty one's friend Peter, and he won't tell him where Machine Man can be found. So they go to arrest him. <laughs> I love and that. Then Machine Man tries to leave, but Maggie's stalking him outside the window. <laughs> there's this great there's this great panel where he's on the phone with Peter. Peter. He's on, I don't know, he's on a telephone. I, I don't know where he got the telephone, but like a cord going, oh yeah, to the table. He's like, Peter, I swear I've been here all night. I'm sure you have, Aaron, but this doesn't look good. He's doing the full extended out, like, he's just like he's stretching his legs and his arms or something, his like full extensions. It's it's bizarre. He's like, he has nothing to do at home except stretch or something. I mean, yeah, I guess there wasn't anything good on TV. Yeah. You couldn't watch like Welcome Back Cotter or anything. <laughs> yeah, Happy was Days like, wasn't on. <laughs> he's on the he's on the phone like someone's obviously impersonating you, but whoever it is is incredibly incredibly powerful. And uh someone's at the door. I wonder what's going on. Yeah. It, it's it's such a bad plot. Oh yeah. So then yeah, he hunts him down and catches him at a jewelry store. And they go to fight. Machine Man tries to electrocute him by grabbing the power lines. So, I mean, I guess he's just trying to outright kill the guy right off the bat. It's like, <laughs> hey. And he's got to be careful with that. Because last time he grabbed, like, power lines and stuff, he created a bunch of, like, cosmic oh, beings. Dude. Yeah. It, yeah. Who, who, like, basically say, we're above you. We're going to leave now. Bye. Yeah. Okay. So, I missed. I ever. I was. I actually tried to read this one. I, I got pretty far through it. And there was like the he uh, was talking about this high frequency. Is that something that uh, they um that bear gives uh, gives off? Uh, it's that amplifier. That's that they, what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, the amplifier, so he can hear them, and he can hear it too because you know he's machine, machine man. Yeah, <laughs> he can do anything. He's X X thirty one, X fifty one, X fifty one. He's X fifty one. Obviously, he can do it. Right. He's in the fifty first percentile. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so he gets knocked out. And Barry, Fred, and Archie escape, and the cops arrive to find Machine Man just waking up next to the broken wall at the jewelry store. You know, he has no jewelry on him or anything, but they're like, nope, we're, you're under arrest. We got you red-handed, and he has, like, nothing on him for just a broken wall. 
Yeah, it's a pretty upset case there, detective. Yeah. I mean, that, that fits a lot of crack police work there, so. <laughs> <laughs> but did he wear black clothing? Was he a Satanist? Yes. Oh, well, he's he's obviously guilty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> is that pretty much where it ends off there? Yeah, that's where it leaves it to be continued. And then we have Matt and the cat. Which, I guess the cat gets zoomed, uh, beam zoomed, beamed up to a ship, and then he, like, starts, like, trying to figure what's going on with him, and he sees this like weird dome thing on the ground and it turns around as a robot with all arms. Yeah, he just wakes up like the little short half spherical robot. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on with Matt and the cat. It's just the pacing is very slow in that strip. Yeah. He was kind of pissed off because he's like, Hey, I could have been by a fire all cozy and stuff. You put beam me up here, fine. So he just starts wandering around and looking around the ship. And yeah, there's this little half spherical robot on the ground. It looks kind of like the, the helmet of a um of a Cyberman. Yeah. Like, see like that. springy arms. It's not real good. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's not real good at all. But uh yeah, so luckily Machine Man is caught. So he's gonna go to prison. We don't have any more issues with this, right? Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad you, you backed me up there. <laughs> well, speaking of Doctor Who though. Yes. K9. Yes, is, the robot roundup. Yeah, he's the focus of the robot roundup on here, which is cool. It's something I can actually, you know, I can appreciate. Um, they have a little picture of him uh, with the TARDIS and uh, Tom Baker on the bottom right with the uh, the page is really cool. I'll put that on the obviously be on the uh, YouTube. Um, Canine is one of those great holdovers from Tom Baker's um, time as uh, as you know, the Doctor. Mm-hmm. It was really nice to see him uh, brought into um, the. Uh, the I was at the tenth Doctor, and um, a little bit of that. Well, actually, with Sarah, Sarah. Um, oh God, I feel terrible now. I'm forgetting her name. Sarah Jane. Sarah, Sarah? Yeah, Sarah Jane Chronicles. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, they had. Well, it was like a kids show. Like they, at that time, they had a, a Doctor Who that was like the mass audience. Right. The Sarah Jane Adventures is what it was. Um, it was basically like a kids version. Mm-hmm. Of Doctor Who, and then you had the uh, Torchwood, which is the adult version. So uh, yeah, the Sarah Jane Adventures um, K nine was uh, prominent in that. So it's kind of yeah. cool seeing like you know last this long. Oh yeah, and it's funny because he wasn't ever meant to be a recurring character. It said, yeah, yeah. so yeah, he was yeah. just so popular they kept him. Yep. And uh, there were there were how many versions of K nine were there? He getting getting rebuilt or you know um, upgraded or whatever. So he, he was around for a while, and you know honestly it was just a radio controlled car with a you know a dog costume on the top and it worked i mean i'm surprised they haven't tried to sell those in like toy stores still like with the with the upgrades you know like they have all the the little robots and stuff like they got the robot raptors and stuff like that (laughs) i'm surprised we haven't gotten a canine that can like talk to you yeah well that would be all the uh all the Adult collectors will go get it, and the kids won't have a clue what's going on. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they, the adult <laughs> with all their money. That means they can charge like three hundred bucks for it, or with that like, uh, self transforming Grimlock, fifteen hundred dollars for it. Oh, I know. Oh, that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we also talk about Alpha. This robot, it has like a phonograph um, recording thing of its uh, of sounds and things it'll say. Yeah. 
It looks like someone made this in their garage. It looks janky. It looks like someone put headlight lamps on it, you know, on the front of it and stuff. And it sits in the throne. There's mm-hmm. this this picture of it. What's it holding? It's holding a um. He's holding a, a majestic pose. It says, he looks like he's in some like pharaoh throne or something. It looks so weird. Well, and they kept they advertising was like he could read the newspaper, but really he was just reading a recording of the newspaper. Which yeah, he's not reading anything. Which I mean, you know, honestly, if you ever go to um the Disney World, you see like the um the Carousel of Progress. You have the uh, the, the animatronic of the of the uh, husband sitting there reading a newspaper and talking about current events or whatever. It's the same kind of thing. It's just no, it's totally nicer. But yeah, it was it was really janky looking. Really makes you appreciate how good canine looked. Even though, oh yeah, you know, looked kind of crappy, but compared to that, it looked great. But, oh, so and the naked computer by Jack Rochester and John Grant's predicted that orange pickers would never be replaced by robots. Like this mentioned there, and then right now there's like numerous companies that use produce robots that detect citrus fruit if it's ripe and yeah. harvest it automatically. Like so, everything that you know this guy was saying that robots wouldn't be able to do. They're already doing. They've been doing them for like twenty years. Yeah, actually, um, with my, I, I work in the uh, wine wine business, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> of course, we have uh, you know they actually hire a lot of um, undocumented workers to work the fields and stuff. They have they have um, harvesting robots and basically machines that go down and you know will harvest uh, grapes off vines and stuff. And um, it's one of those points of pride when someone can say like, yeah, we hand harvest our grapes. It's like a selling point now. It's not like a like automation's great. Like we're not using robots. We're using people. Now I don't know how to talk to the people, but we're using people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um the industry... yeah, one of the robots is actually from the University of Florida. Ah, not surprising, but, actually. Yeah. Orange being a robot. Right. Um, they actually do a lot with AI and robotics down at the University of Florida. And uh considering they are down in Gainesville, orange picking it seems right at home. Yeah. Not surprising at all. And then uh, in Robot Roundup, they point out that robots are barely as intelligent as a two-year-old child. I'm like, that's uh, giving a lot of credit for like 80s robots. Yeah, I mean, 80s robots, the thing of that is you can program it to be as clever as a two-year-old. But I mean, you know, 80s robots were, um, I mean, they were basically like whatever you programmed into it or... As with Alpha, you have a photograph that does... Is yeah, they're just going to repeat. Yeah. We, just recently, we started to get AIs that could actually converse Yeah, better than a two-year-old. <laughs> Barely. But yeah. then again... Um, and they'll lie to you. <laughs> yeah, they will. <laughs> or the, um, actually, actually, it's not too, too far off. They're just repeating what you, you say as a two-year-old. And talk yeah. about a two-year-old and see what it picks up. Oh yeah, they'll they'll parrot it back to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was, this, but uh, yeah, ChatGPT has like a warning on it now that you know it, it hallucinates. You know, it'll it doesn't give you factual information. That's what they're calling it hallucinations when it just makes stuff up. Hallucinations, really? Yeah. So it's it's actually being like a, a kid. It's like it's grown up now. It's like a like a teenager. It starts lying to you about stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, I asked it the other day. I was just messing around with it, and I asked it like, "Who's the most dangerously unpredictable Transformers character?" And you know, 
the answer would be Galvatron. Well, he came back, or it came back with Starscream. See, I was actually going to say Starscream, but um, so... And that that's what I said, because Starscream's such a traitor, but I'm like, well, Starscream is predictable in that he is going to betray you. You can yeah. always count on that. True. And it actually, we had a little conversation about it, and it's like, you know, that's actually a really good point. And apparently it looked up Galvatron and says, oh, yeah, and since Galvatron is insane, you know, and you have no idea if he's going to, you know, hit you or, you know, compliment you. You never know what he's going to do. So it says, yeah. And then it pointed out in the multiverses. It got into multiverses and said, yeah, and some Galvatron isn't quite that crazy. And Starscream would definitely be the more dangerously unpredictable one. So yeah. it had a pretty good conversation about it. It's kind of impressive, actually. What it, what episode was it that um, Galvatron had kind of a, he, was it Webworld where he kind of got fried a little bit and had this moment of clarity? Oh, yeah, that was Webworld. Webworld, yeah. You know, at that point, in like you come almost see all the, all the, all the synapses line up right. And that's, I think he's more dangerous that way. Oh, totally. He wrecked yeah. that whole planet after that. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so that, that's my favorite episode, episode out of the, the whole cartoon series. Because it's almost like Cyclonus and Galvatron have like a Butch and Sundance relationship. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite things, this is a tangent I know, but one of my favorite things in that episode is where the, uh, the aliens have uh, <laughs> Cyclonus sign things in triplicate. He's like, what are they doing? Oh, yeah, they're going through, you know, oh, this is for, you know, uh, therapeutics and and, and parts and labor, like the car. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is like, okay, man, whatever. Yeah, that, that is uh, the bureaucracy of it and, and the, uh, the just the fantastic therapy. I, I'm really hoping those show up uh, in the new Image comics because they seem and... to really like season three. Yeah, I can't so, wait. Yeah, you know, I used to do like a um, I don't know. We, we we're gonna have to wait, I guess, for a while. But so good. Yeah, there there are some great ones in season three. There's some really bad ones in season three. But uh, so yeah, I could see like a Cyclonus and our not Cyclonus, uh, Galvatron being dangerous in that way. Like you don't know what he's going to do. He's chaos. Oh yeah. Whereas Starscream is just going to take advantage of every situation he can. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you see, he he beats up Scourge and Cyclonus all the time, and those are the only guys that actually look out for him, you know. And then, like, somehow, you know, Octane, you know, he was going to execute Octane, and yet Octane shows up after that. Yeah. And it's like, well, I guess he just changed his mind, you know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can't predict that guy at all. No, the, the fact that um, that, that's an abusive relationship, man. Uh, Scourge and Cyclonus look out for him, and uh, they he beats him up. Even, like, Scourge tries to tell uh, Cyclonus, like, we, no, we can't do this anymore. He's crazy. And like Cyclonus is like, oh, fool, you he would uh you would defy our great leader. Scourge is like, man, whatever. All right, cool, let's do this. There is such it is such an abusive relationship. It's actually it's really good. Oh yeah, even in Webworld, like Laserbeak is like getting on Cyclonus about it. Yeah. It's like There's... Motormaster Swindle and Laserbeak confront Cyclonus. And I was like, man, when Laserbeak's sick of it, you know. <laughs> you got to do something about this dude. I don't care what you do about him. You got to do it now. Man, people who really who gave up after the movie and they didn't really you know, give season three a chance really missed out some great storytelling. Oh, yeah. Well, they did a lot of character building. They did. Season three. I mean, even in like the burdens, uh, the burden hardest to bear. Mm -hmm. which there's a lot of silliness with that episode too like the whole dojo thing 
but uh you know really built up you know hot rod or Optimus prime why he was the right leader because he you know he didn't think he was worthy of it and but anyways um well that's kind of where he got robbed i think after that because it seemed like he'd finally come to terms with it and then they decided to make the parents happy yeah literary yeah. campaign um yeah. yeah i don't know there's a lot there's a lot of things to say about how i liked the hero's journey part of rodimus because uh you know he was he was the uh he was the leader that we actually got to watch grow up optimus prime was already a leader for you know millions of years rodimus prime though he um he wasn't he was well, the, he was that- and like rodimus was who they were actually going for because they wanted to have that, uh, those characters that were, I guess, equally shared between Takar and Hasbro. Yeah. So basically what we got for season one and two, that was just a holding pattern. That was just to keep us interested until the real, like highly profitable toys came out. Yeah. The the ones actually they created. Yeah. And it it didn't work out as they planned. No, but it was always the plan to have those guys coming out. Cause that's why the movie was being written when like before the first episode. Yeah. Aired. And so, uh, why you know, people always ask the question why, you know, Superion and why, you know, Minasaur and all these things didn't show up in the, uh, in the movies. Cause they had already written that movie long before those showed up in the show. Oh yeah. Those guys weren't even approved. And then you see like early uh, versions of them, like the character models, the Stunicons would have been Autobots. Yeah. And which, Skylinks would have been a Decepticon. And then, you know, they had the Anabots, which became the Predacons later. So, yeah, they went through a lot of changes. <laughs> yeah, uh, Flora Derry, though, really, uh, I love how his his uh, style, you know, from the movie on, had a, almost a very, it, the style was very, had a lot of curvature to it, a very, um, like, less blocky, like, from the original, like, the original lineup. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, he had more or organic curves. Yeah, to the the characters, I would really like to see like Cyclonus, Scourge, and Galvatron done like his original sketches, where they have like all the open parts, and you can see all the mechanisms and the clockwork stuff inside of them. Yeah, actually, I, I would have loved to have seen the uh, the sweeps with their uh, their uh, the the first version of the movie where they have that single red eye. Oh yeah, they were the, man. The, the, I would love. For Hasbro selects to make a uh, version of those, and also the um, the Junkions who looked like uh, they had Kaiser helmets on. Oh yeah, that was great. And, and rails, we we need rails. Rails. It was like the, a, the train snake. Yeah, <laughs> that is. I'm glad they changed it because it makes so much more sense. That sounds like a like a it was a lot in a in a movie. Oh yeah, they had a lot going on just in that. I mean, if you look how many pages there are, it, it, yeah. that's like a trilogy of movies right there. Definitely. So uh, it was it was cool to see all that stuff. I'm, I'm glad that uh, uh, Jim Swanson and uh, McFeely brought up that stuff and like gave us kind of the behind the behind the curtain of what happened the first the first draft of the uh, movie. Yeah, so that was great to see. Um, I, I think maybe after uh, you and Ed do the movie, yeah, we should take a, a deep dive into that uh first draft yeah that'd be great because uh, that'd be a multi-part because there's so much to it <laughs> man i i seriously i would kill to have some of the the the, the kaiser helmet um junkions they looked great 
Oh yeah, they did some crazy stuff with that. Like the whole the whole story was different. The uh, the Matrix where you had a, a little mini version of the ghost in the. Uh... <laughs> oh yeah, in the jar. Yeah, because it wasn't even the Matrix, and it was just Optimus Prime's life spark. Yeah, this <laughs> is Optimus Prime, this ghostly green Optimus Prime. This this uh, this, I guess, was like a capsule or something. Yeah, it, well, it says it's like a bottle or something. Yeah, like kept, yeah, he's a genie in the bottle. Right, and uh, it turned Magnum into Ultra Magnus. Yeah, I yeah, I'd like to get rid of that over if I have some time. Yeah. So. Yeah, that'd be great. But uh, anyways, yeah. So yeah. getting back to this, there's a little more Machine Man at the end here. Oh, um, now uh, we finished Machine Man. Oh, we did. Okay, I'm like, look. We have some more Robot Roundup though. Okay, a little oh, bit. You know what? I somehow got back on my like back in the comic a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. We went off a long tangent there. Yes, we did. But yeah, the, the time in 1984, the most expensive robot works. Repairing underwater pipelines, which is worth about six hundred and seventy-seven million, which adjusted for inflation, that'd be like two billion now. I mean, considering what they that does and how you know it's hard to work that that those those depths as a human, this seems pretty good, like a great investment, honestly. The yeah, uh, that's about the same price as what we p- paid for the Perseverance rover on Mars. It's two point seven billion. Wow. Yeah, but uh, you know, honestly, if you're working on things that deep, I mean, this is the reason why the uh, deep water horizon was such a problem because it was so deep in the right. Gulf. So we can't we can't actually work at those depths. So you need something like a robot or a submersible, a uh, well, you know, to work on things like that. So good investment, I think. Oh yeah, and <laughs> so, then I mean, talking about expensive robots, uh, yeah. Google tried their own competitor for chat GPT called Bard. And yeah, and it did so poorly that it actually cost the company 170, is that billion dollars? Ooh. Yeah, that's an expensive robot because their stocks tumbled because of it. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, there's the the Bing AI bot, there's uh, chat GPT, there's Several of them out there, Chat GPT being the most popular. Oh yeah, and there there was a big upset in OpenAI this weekend. Yep. Yeah. A lot of shake up there. Well, and did you hear where their CEO and co-founder went? Because apparently they they fired their CEO on Friday yeah. and then yeah. spent the weekend trying to negotiate him back into the company after they fired him because the co-founder quit too. And then it not Microsoft snatched them both up. So now they're in charge of Microsoft's uh, AI research, and apparently a bunch of OpenAI's guys are going over there with them. So, you know, it's uh, you gotta you gotta know who's working for you, how how uh, how valuable they are, right? So that's, I think that's going to be expensive for them. <laughs> yeah, long run. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, so yeah, I mean. At the end of the day, this comic actually it it I was I was telling you earlier it finishes like almost like an episode, except for the whole shockwave thing in the end. Right. If they if they didn't do the uh, the the uh, changed ending where it like continues on, it wraps up like a like a typical um, episode. Oh yeah, with, with the Optimus speech that you know we won the day and yeah. you know 
you know, we need to go forth and try to go home and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, was, it ended the, the way the um, more than BCI number three did really where, um, you know, they're all happy and spikes writing in his journal about the, they're all the world powers are giving them the energy to, to fly back to Cybertron. But yeah, it definitely yeah. had that same feel. Yeah. Except the fact that, uh, you know, well, I don't know. This this is nice because it actually just it it changes the ending because you know we were talking about how how it originally ended, changed the ending. But with like more than BCI, like we were talking about before, it just like oh yeah, that didn't happen anymore. This is what's happening with the show now. So I kind of like that they try to fix it in post with this one. Oh yeah, and well, I mean, the whole arc that follows this, you know, when you get back to what we've read in the American comics, was really good. Well, the Autobots are all dead. Yeah, I mean, that gave us one of the best covers we ever oh. got. I would love that as a poster. I don't know why we don't have that as a poster. It is, it's such a it's a really pretty painted cover with Shockwave in a good pose. Oh, yeah. Usually the covers are Neil Yomtov uh, colored and pretty bad. But, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, got so, yeah, that final page. In the original ending, basically yeah. he's apologizing for spark plug or two spark plug. He goes, It grieves me to recall that many of the Autobots called him a traitor. Perhaps the best apology we can give him is to redouble our efforts to protect this planet and his people. Yeah. For the evil that motivates the Decepticons will not be vanquished by this one victory. We have won the battle today, but the war against such evil must go on. And it's just the end. And it was those Which, last two panels that they replaced with the the giant explosion from above. Did they replace the um the probe being destroyed? Um, I don't know. Because I, I think I think that was probably added too. To I yeah, would think so. Yeah, I think that was yeah, probably a lead in, and that's was, why no one reacts to it in the main story. Yeah, I was gonna say that that seems like it would have been thrown in there in the middle also. Well, yeah. okay. Well, yeah, it makes a lot of sense and. The end of the comic here. Um, it's kind of funny. The um, there's an advertisement for like the epic comics, um, you know, magazines. Yeah, my brother when I was younger would get those. There were these huge, actually, they were kind of the size of the UK um, Transformers comics. They were like almost like magazine style, you know, yeah. comics, epic comics. Um, they're really well drawn. I I seem to remember them being very, I don't know, heavy metal style art. And um, and at the end also there was a, a little advertisement for Spidey watches, which you know whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm really interested to get to the the uh, next issue and see how that goes. But like I said, I may have already read it, but I guarantee you I haven't read it for years, so it'll probably be all new for me again. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure that'll be all new for you. I I can't think of the last time I read because I I got the uh, the trades of all the um. You know, American, you know, the classic ones when they came out. Instead of instead of reading my old issues, I'd rather just read the uh, trades. Right, so, you know, they're easier to handle. Them. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like I don't not worry about ripping them or pulling the uh, staples out. So uh, yeah, I probably haven't read that thing in a good twenty years. So it'll be it'll be like all new again. That'd be kind of nice. Anyways, oh yeah, well, and a lot of these, like I said, if you haven't picked them up in a while, it, it's nice to refresh your memory. Um, yeah, definitely. All right, we'll go ahead and close it here. Um, thanks everyone for being here. Um, Ed, unfortunately, this week he's um uh, he's feeling real old, so uh, there's that. 
and uh, we, we, we should <laughs> wish him to get better soon and feel better and all that kind of stuff. Feel younger uh, soon. Yes, yes. Everyone <laughs> have a great Thanksgiving if you celebrate, uh, or if nothing else, um, get in line at 3 a.m. at the Walmart to get your TV. So, uh, anyways, yeah, yeah, have a great weekend. You don't need a good reason just to eat a lot. I mean, anybody can do it. <laughs> We're doing duck this year. I'm excited. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. No turkey. No, 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 no turkeys. All right, y'all. Take it easy. Have a great week. Thanks so much for being here. Bye. <laughs>